0: In the 21st century
1: Moving Iron podcast markets with Sean Hackett. Sean is with Hackett Financial, and he is out of uh, Boca Raton, Florida. So, uh, Sean, how you doing this morning, man?
0: I'm doing good. I'm uh, ready right to head on flight back to uh, back to cooler South
1: Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Sean was a uh, <coughs> featured speaker here at the Moving Iron Summit this year. Had a great uh, had a great talk, and the uh, the crowd enjoyed your uh, enjoyed your speech there, Sean. So, thanks for doing that, man
0: my pleasure. It was quite a response, quite a, a lot of good comments, a lot of thinking going on. I was I, yes. was, I was glad to see that it was uh, it was received so well. So yeah,
1: good stuff, man. Okay, so the USDA miraculously lost a bunch of uh, <laughs> stored someplace, and they uh, I guess counted something twice or whatever, but they uh, had a rapid reduction in the overall um, you know the, uh, the, the stocks on hand, and what wow. we had almost a limit up on Monday and then Tuesday rallied right behind it again and we'll see what Wednesday does today. But, um, my last check, my ticker, we had, uh, the front month corn in December at, uh, just tick under, uh, or tick over three ninety, and that's up about 40 cents, 50 cents almost from where it was after we had that big correction back in August. So I guess Sean talk about that a little bit and what you see happening there.
0: This is a trend with late developing crops, Casey, um, in 2009, when we had a crop that was this late, the crop kept coming down through quarterly grain stocks reductions. Then they reduced the harvested acres. Then they reduced the yield. And they keep whittling it down because they always over overestimate the production for potential in a late developing crop. So this is the first step in the USDA coming back down to reality. And so it probably means that we are, you know, we've made the, the seasonal low and we're going to be working our way higher depending upon how many more adjustments are made in future reports. And obviously a lot of rain's been coming in, some heat's been coming in, uh, it's debatable how many acres will be left in the ground if we have an early start to the winter. There's a lot still to go on and, and we think that, that the production potential is gonna keep coming down. And so we're, it's a good sign that we're, we're heading up. $4 Casey on the front month, probably gonna be a little resistance for a little while. I think ultimately though, we, we, we break through that when we, uh, uh, you know, over time. But it, it's I think we're heading back up again. Is the bottom line here?
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. So uh, last this week, I can't remember what day it was—Monday or Tuesday, maybe—you sent out your uh, Smart Money report on some more some more uh, conversation about drought in, in South America, especially in Brazil. So talk about what you see happening there and how that's affecting what we're going to see as a as a as a macro, I guess. Um, uh, across the entire corn market?
0: Well, I mean, the first thing is once we kind of get over whatever the crop is here or it isn't, and and then, we're, then we then immediately will look down to South American production, and, and especially Brazil because they're so such a prolific seller of soybeans and corn. And right now, you know, we're in a, a drought pattern. It doesn't mean that there's no rain at all. It just means we're in an overall drought pattern. And everything that we see, all the variables and weather variables that we look for, the sudden stratospheric warming event, Uh, I think we talked about last week, um, and and the diving of the Atlantic Arctic Oscillation, which is happening, all supports an ongoing dry pattern, which usually starts impacting the corn market as we move into late October and beyond. So we think this will be a market movie here. You know, maybe another couple of weeks, it'll start to really be an impact, and, and the market will start to think about working down the first crop corn numbers, and that will just be added fuel for an overall market that's looking at dramatically lower global corn stocks year over year.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Cattle complex is another one that we're paying close attention to with all the shenanigans that are going on over there. Um, I I guess talk about that a little bit, what you see happening there. (laughs) Well, we've kind of
0: made this V bottom due to the Tyson fire, this weird situation with record margins, and yet they've been moving all the cattle through that they've been supposed to. And and I think now with this investigation heating up with the USDA trying to see if there was anything going on there that ought not to be, magically all of a sudden the cattle price is taking off, the margins are starting to shrink.
1: Right. As
0: to, so, yeah, it was just an average. We're getting back to normal. So, um, But the bottom line with all of this is that uh, uh, we're on the mend. Uh, the Tyson plant will come back online here in January, they said. And we're looking at the second largest decline in fourth quarter to first quarter beef, <laughs> beef production. Ever, and so we're we're heading into a situation where demand is going to continue to be strong. Exports are picking up, and um, and the cattle market is um, you know has a, has a lot of room to the upside here. We think we could go if we're looking at the April contract. We think we can go to a, to one thirty. You know, come the first quarter, that's our expectation right now. And and smart money, as you know, we follow these capital flows in in these ag markets, and and the capital flows in cattle are just phenomenally bullish. In fact, actually buying. Into the rally, which is highly unusual, so we really like this market a lot. Everything says higher prices ahead.
1: Yep, they have. Uh, so China has come to the table and, and has been buying some uh, some U.S. pork, and and we've seen that kind of take place. And there has been a uh, what's the right word I want to say here? I, I guess some some cautious optimism that the Chinese are going to start coming back into the market and buying stuff. Obviously, where they've They've kind of sucked Brazil dry here, so they're, they're looking at looking at coming over and looking at us. So they've taken some beans, and they've taken some uh, some hogs. Um, I know we're a long ways from a deal happening, and they're supposed to be meeting here at the end of the month and all those kind of fun things, but um, I, I think are we at that point now where China's going to have to start buying stuff from us, irregardless of, of tariffs?
0: Yeah, I mean, the time of the year that we're the only game in town, Casey, is now until you know, January, February, I mean, there's really no one else to buy from. So if they need it, you know, if there was a time for them to show goodwill, this is the time they need to buy it from us anyway. So they're not really doing us a lot of favors They'd be buying it from us anyway, Right. but it looks good. But they are meeting on October 10th, I think they're coming here. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see if this is a short-term blip or, or if they're going to, you know, if there's going to be a longer term persistent buying. They actually been buying some beef here too as well. Uh, the last couple of weeks, there's been exports to China from beef, which we hadn't seen in a while. So, but right now they've stepped up to the plate. They've been buying uh, on the margin. That's good, and and I and really, whatever happens on October 10th, we still think they're going to be pretty consistent buyers uh, in the market at least into the end of the year, and that will be supportive to our markets. And obviously, if we cut a deal that makes them buy even more, you know, then it's all all systems go. So we'll just have to see. But I'm optimistic exports are going to be looking pretty good here for a while.
1: Yeah. You know, it kind of <clears throat> I kind of feel with all the stuff going on politically right now with moving into an election cycle and this whole Ukraine thing and everything else that there's got to be some uh, there could be a deal a deal done sooner than later I think um, just from kind of say some political face I think with, with the Trump administration but I, you, I'm, I'm trying to guess which way the wind's going to blow tomorrow here with, with the guy like that so it's going to be a, it's going to be a trip to see what happens.
0: Well, look, they threatened to to prevent investments, U.S. money going into China stocks and delisting China stocks here. And then we got this horrific, the U.S. got this horrific manufacturing uh, report where the ISM was down to, I think, 47 and change, the lowest reading of manufacturing activity since 2009. You know, that is not what Trump wants to see heading into an election year. So we need to pull some levers here. The Federal Reserve seems to be lowering rates ready to print money but he needs some kind of a trade deal to help things out and, and, get, and turn the tide because that's not a manufacturing number that if it exists next summer he's going to get you know, he's going to be high on the list to be elected again he, he ran on manufacturing it's going to boom under my presidency it can't next summer
1: <laughs> Right? yeah exactly that's exactly right That's exactly right, Sean. All right, Sean, good stuff. Oh, one more thing. Let's talk about cotton real quick. Cotton is something we talk about here pretty regular, uh, especially what we see happen with the economic conditions of the United States, uh, not the United States, but the world as we kind of drift into these, uh, you know, kind of pre-recessionary waters. Um, uh, You know, cotton has got some bounce here and there. Uh, We're down here in in, uh, Nashville, Tennessee right now today, and it is incredibly hot i mean wicked hot and that same heat has been stretched all the way across the southeast um not necessarily the best time for the heat to come through but it's not necessarily the worst time either but for for the cotton market so i guess talk about the cotton what you see happening there and and these weather patterns that we're seeing is there going to be some some relief of cotton price here for a while or, or is it going to be more of a short-lived rally i guess kind of as what we're seeing
0: well, I mean, a typical seasonal rally, Casey, is from October into, let's say, March, April. I mean, that's a typical seasonal rally. I think we can see that. We have enough weather problems here with, uh, in, in, in India. They've had epic flooding at the end of the monsoon season, right in Gujarat, right when open bowls were. I mean, it's, it's really devastated the crop there. So the production is going to keep coming down on future USDA reports. And, and we think that's going to be supportive also, as we just think we talked about last week. Uh, cotton tends to bottom and, and, and see a better economic time coming later on. So so it moves down ahead of a recession and it moves up ahead of an economic recovery. So it's been falling now for over a year and now we're moving into what appears to be a big slowdown. And so usually it starts to rally when the numbers start really looking bad like they are now, counterintuitively. So we think smart money looks pretty good on cotton. Smart money is betting on higher prices. we Already bounced off the lows, you know. We think cotton can rally. Um, you know, it's it's not a big, massive bull market, Casey. But you know, we think we can rally this market into the upper 60s, maybe even low 70s. You know, by the by the early spring before you know making a you know a top.
1: Right on. All right, Sean. Well, Sean, good stuff as usual. Folks want to reach out to you and pick your brain or get some information on your smart money reports. What's the best way to do that?
0: Our website at Hackett H A C K E T T. Advisors.com, as you know, we have interviews, webinars, podcasts, sample reports to get people a really good feeling for, um, you know, for what, how we think and maybe how we can help them, um, you know, do a better job at what they do with their farm and with their, with their hedging activities, so.
1: Alright Sean, well this is Casey Seymour with the Moving Iron Podcast You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Spotify And the Almighty Glo- Global Ag Network So until next time, Sean, we'll catch you down the road Have a good flight, we'll uh, talk to you next week, man Casey, thank you
0: iron In the 21st century Hardware